You are listening to Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets with Naomi Rose, the food business talk show that shares with you the reality of what's happening in the food and hospitality industry. I am on a mission to help as many people as possible grow and build successful food businesses. Each week on this podcast, you'll get useful information, top tips, as well as what's really happening in the kitchen behind the scenes. Let's get on to today's show. Hello lovely people and welcome to episode number 15 of Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets with me. I'm Naomi and it's really great to have you here listening in to today's show which is about how to manage special requests in your cafe, bakery or home baking business because this was an area I used to get a lot of questions on. So just before I get into the nitty gritty of today's episode and share some of my experiences and tips of what I learned during my journey, I just remind you that if you haven't already, you can get some really great free resources from my website about how to start a cafe, bar, bakery or baking business. So you can go and download a guide now with 10 really easy steps to get you planning and working out what you need to do to start your baking dream. And then I've also got one if you're already in the industry and you want to just grow your business a little bit more, but you feel like you're getting stuck and you've got no space to grow because you're working at full capacity. And I've also got a guide that will help you get more profit into your business without necessarily adding more hours and time to your day because we don't have all the time in the world. And it's a, it can sometimes be quite a, energetic business shall we say we have to be on our feet a lot of the time and it can be very tiring and exhausting so this guide will help you if you want to grow but you're just not sure which way to look so head to my website bakingboss.net where you can go to the work with me section and you can go and download both of them for free and don't forget come and join the facebook group for baking business owners or people that are aspiring to be there and get lots of useful top tips and also speak to other people this is a great space if you want to just share your experiences there's no no wrong questions you can ask anything you like and it's not we're not there to shame or judge anyone it's to be a supportive group because we all learn when we share together so come and join baking business bosses on facebook it'd be really great to have you there Okay, so today's episode, I am talking about how to manage special requests in your baking business. So whatever you might do, whether it's a cafe, a bakery or a home baking business, or you you make cakes, you you will inevitably at some point get someone asking for you for you to make something that isn't necessarily what you have on offer. And I think this happened for me from absolutely day number one where people would come in, read the menu and then want something slightly different from what we didn't have. For me, I mean, I was, I'm like I've said in the episodes before, I am definitely a people pleaser. I want to make everybody happy and quite a lot of my team were too. But it put sometimes undue pressure on everybody when someone asked for something and we were overly accommodating of those requests. And sometimes I think it's about knowing what your boundaries are and what you're comfortable to do. I've got a few, I can share some of my experiences and some top tips as well. So my first one would be when you're thinking about your business and what products you're going to be offering. One of the ones that we got asked a lot was vegan and gluten free or both. And these are things like allergens where you have to be very, very aware of what they are. And they can be a little bit scary because you, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're worried that you, you, you don't want anyone to die from what they've eaten in your plate. But 
they can be quite frightening when we don't really understand or know what we, how we can manage them and how we can manage them alongside the regular orders. So I think the best place to start is be really aware of what special requests you're happy to oblige to and what you are really not. So I knew pretty much from day one where I probably went in a bit naive because I will openly say that I did not know as much as I do now about dietary requirements, uh, particularly around the allergens. I knew the wall before I opened, just to be clear, we didn't go opening, really being naive. But they had certainly, in the time, over the five years that my cafe and bakery and bar were open, dietary requirements and the allergens definitely got more and more as time went on. We certainly got more requests for non-dairy milk, so alternative milk, We got a lot more requests for stuff that had no gluten in it. We also had a lot of requests for completely vegan. And then we also got the completely off the menu ones that you couldn't predict special requests. But we always, most days we got them where people would ask for something that was slightly different from what was on the menu and what we're prepared to offer. So, I mean, we try to accommodate people wherever possible. And some of the requests were relatively straightforward. But one of the ones we got asked regularly and To begin with, we didn't do full English breakfast. So we didn't do like full English breakfast, full English brunch or anything like that, where you got the sausages, the bacon, the eggs, the tomato, beans, all of those things all on one plate. We just had breakfast sandwiches because we did not have the capacity and the space in the kitchen when we first opened to actually make all of that. It was an operational thing. We grew, we learned, we adapted. So we did eventually put it on the menu because we kept getting asked for it very regularly. But we used to have people coming in and asking for this particular, the full English breakfast, even though it wasn't on the menu, because we had the other items there quite regularly. This was a regular occurrence. People weren't willing to understand that we just didn't have the space or capacity to make a full English. So they'll try and get their way around it by ordering a breakfast sandwich with sausage, egg and bacon and ask for a side of beans or something like that. But can you not put them in the bread? We used to have to be quite accommodating where we could, but realistic on what was achievable in the kitchen space. My front of house team were actually usually very good. They would, before they generally took any special requests that were outside our normal realms of what we would stretch to, they would come in and check with the kitchen of what was possible. We learned this over time. It was very much a learning curve as to what we could and couldn't manage on on the menu and off the menu as we grew, as we got better, as we got more efficient as well, because efficiency does come into it. The other thing that we got a lot of questions on, I mean, like I've said, allergens and dietary requirements, being clear on what you do and don't do in your kitchen, what you have. So I was, we were a bakery, we used wheat in our kitchen, we used dairy in our kitchen, and we were very, very clear about that with our customers. And we'd always, always ask if they had any allergies or one thing that we always checked if they were ordering, say, a hot chocolate, and they'd ask for an alternative milk. So they'd ask for an oat milk or a soya milk. Our chocolate powder had milk in it. So we were very clear with people when they asked for that, that they were aware of the ingredients in our hot chocolate powder so that we would double check. And a lot of the time it was by choice or it wasn't necessarily an allergen, but it was an intolerance. And there was a certain level of tolerance that people would be prepared to have. So they would have a bit of dairy or they might have a bit of gluten, depending on what that might be. But either way, we were very clear. So I had one customer that would come in quite regularly and she had believe it or not a laminated 
like it was laminated business card with her list of allergens on it. And the conversation I had with her was, I cannot guarantee that my kitchen hasn't had any of these in the atmosphere because I have all of these in my kitchen. So I really do not feel comfortable serving you because I can't guarantee what you're asking for has basically is completely contamination free of what you're saying because it was a kitchen that had all of these things in, but we were very open with our customers about this. So if we had someone that was coming in and asking for celiac, we will make it clear that we don't do fully gluten-free because you can't legally say you're gluten-free if you've got gluten in that same place. So people are aware, so they can then make the choice. If we had someone that asked about having a severe nut allergy, because we got those regularly as well, we would talk to them about how we operate in our kitchen, our work processes. So we kept everything separate. So we that we had very clear processes of how we deal with different things and different allergens. And we cleaned everything thoroughly and we made sure that certain things would be in different places if we were preparing a, a gluten-free sandwich or a bread without gluten in it and a gluten sandwich. So we'd make sure they're prepared in completely separate areas on completely different boards, completely different equipment. But we would tell people how we did it. That way they can choose whether we're the right place for them. If we're not, that is absolutely fine. But we've given everybody the risks up front. So is this about... Knowing what you're comfortable with and being completely clear with the customer because you're managing expectations. They're not going to come in and then realise that you can't accommodate something or you're not able to do something because you've had that conversation with them and you've been very open about it. And then they can ask questions as well. So you have to be really prepared for what you are able and aren't able to do. And if you don't have the confidence knowing that for instance, if you're a cake maker and someone has asked for a gluten-free birthday cake and you're not confident about how to manage that, be quite open and honest about that. You don't you don't necessarily have to serve everybody. Your customers are the ones that will come back to you time and time again. If you can't serve someone, there will be someone else that can, but don't beat yourself up because you don't do that. If it's an area you think actually I could really I could really see an opportunity here because I've been asked for a lot of gluten-free cakes recently, then there are plenty of great places out there to find out information about how to do that and how to go around it, what to look out for in packaging, how to store ingredients. It really doesn't have to be a scary place. You just need to know. And you don't if you don't know, you don't know. But there are plenty of people that can really help you get that set up and organised for you and what to look out for in terms of ingredients. I think one of the hardest allergens I had was citric acid, where someone was completely allergic to citric acid and anything along those lines. In hindsight, I probably should have said I can't accommodate that because citric acid is in so many things, literally every everything and they were having a three-tiered afternoon tea so the full-on sandwiches scones and cakes I had to make everything completely differently for all of it they had to have and the amount of time versus the money it wasn't it really wasn't worth my effort and caused me a lot of stress and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of checking all the labels because it's not something I was used to it's not one of the 14 allergens that is on the list here in the UK it's everywhere so yes be very, very aware of what you can and can't do and talk to the customers so that you've got that real clear report and they feel confident in you and you feel confident they know what you're going to offer them. The other thing that I also did quite regularly in the cafe was particularly on the afternoon tea 
when because the afternoon tea we always had pre-booked because they took a lot of time to organize and work and it wasn't something that we could do off the cuff because operationally we just did not have the space necessarily we'd started doing that but actually operationally we didn't really have the capacity so we changed it so that people had to give us 48 hour notice and that was partly because we wanted to make sure they got the best experience when they come in for an afternoon tea people book an afternoon tea because it's a special occasion usually and they really want to make a thing of it and we want to give them that experience and make them feel like they've had a really lovely afternoon tea, have a glass of Prosecco, enjoy some company and then get to take some food away at the end of it because that was always our goal. If anyone could actually eat all of our afternoon tea, I was always amazed. But we wanted to make them feel like they had really had a special treat when they came in to have that. So to make our lives and the customer's life of and the experience better for them, we would always ask up front about any dietary requirements. Is there anything? And some people, just to make you aware, when you say, do you have any dietary requirements? People don't always understand what that means. So do you have any allergies? Is there anything you don't like particularly? Because then we'd sometimes find out they didn't like a particular cake or they didn't like a particular sandwich filling. And we would have a very much a set menu on what people would get because then they knew what they were going in for. Most people read the menus before they go to a place to find out whether they're going to like it. I'm all for a surprise with an afternoon tea and I'm I'm a vegetarian but I eat fish so my husband funnily enough is a meat eater and doesn't eat fish so we're a nightmare if we come round to anyone's house but we could chop and change between our plates of I'd have his fish, he would have my meat and it would work quite well if ever we went out together. We were happy to do that. Sometimes if I was going out for like a really special occasion, I would tell them I was pescatarian and they would accommodate that. But I like the element of surprise of what I'm going to get because that's part of the experience for me. Other people like to know exactly what they're going to get. So we were always up front. So we'd ask the questions, we would tell them what we're going to get And we would always, in the case of the afternoon tea, ask for a deposit because they took a long time to make and the amount of times that we got cancellations or people that just did not show up. And we've wasted a whole afternoon tea, which apart from the money side of it was so frustrating because we, you know, hated waste. We absolutely hated waste and time. So, you know, it used to really upset staff when that happened and it was really quite demoralising. We gave our customers real clear information up front of what it was, what they would get. And, you know, we also did that on general bookings if there's any allergies, anything we should be aware of, just so the kitchen can be prepared when you come in. Some customers were really great. Other customers would then turn up, particularly if someone was booking for a group, they didn't necessarily know all of the dietary requirements up front. And we would have to say we've asked and unfortunately we now can't accommodate that because we can't necessarily just do a vegan afternoon tea off the bat if we weren't prepared for it. It's a, it's a real complicated, um, not complicated process, but it's a different process from the one that we'd already done. And particularly if we're in busy periods, it just was not viable. By being clear, asking up front and knowing where your boundaries are, that is the best way to then manage your customers' expectations. And then you can communicate clearly with them. You can confirm with emails, telephone calls, double check their requirements, ask the customers at the table if there's anything we should know about. We often also used to get customer requests for bread. So we had someone that would come in and say, do you do like a GI style loaf, which is glycemic index? 
because he used to get one in his supermarket. And of course, <laughs> my my team being very accommodating, had a bit of a Google just to find out a little bit more about it, asked the bakery team and they did. And they were happy to do that because they quite enjoyed the challenge. But we knew that was possible and we could do that. And it wasn't actually that difficult to do within the boundaries of what we were already doing. But we were very clear on what we could do. And if we weren't sure, we'd just tell the customer, we need to find out. Just bear with us and we'll have a look into it. And if we went back, we no, that's fine. Some days we'd actually get asked, could we do a birthday cake for the next day? And this would be like at three o'clock on an afternoon. And there's absolutely no way we could have done that because our cafe closed at half past three. People then start the next day at the Cracker Sparrows and already had all of their workload planned. Some days we might have been able to accommodate it. Most days we couldn't. But again, we were very clear on what was possible. And on days it wasn't possible, we would let people know. And sometimes, like I said, if we got, we often got asked for big orders. It wouldn't be something where we kind of go, yeah, we can do that. It'd be a, just bear with us. We just want to make sure you get the best experience. So we'd just do a bit of working out and talking communication again. And then we could go back and say what we were able to accommodate and then find out whether that's actually what the customer wanted. So that's a little bit about how to manage special requests. So sort of the key takeaways for you today is... Be clear on what your boundaries are, so what you would say yes and no to, and don't be afraid to say no. It's fine to say no if you're not comfortable doing something because it's not worth the stress and probably not worth the cost if it's going to cause you a lot of extra work. Be aware of the dietary requirements or the allergens that you might get asked about and how how you deal with those, what your processes are if you do accommodate for them, and manage your customers' expectations by being upfront. Tell them you know, tell them what's going on. Ask questions before your customers come in. So you actually, you know exactly what you're, what's going to happen next and they know what's going to happen next and communicate that clearly with them. So everyone's got a really full picture of how all of these different special requests work and what you do and what you don't do. You are inevitably going to find people that won't like that. (laughs) People don't like being told no. I don't like being told no, but you have to know your boundaries on what you're happy to do. And there is nothing wrong with that. You can't please everybody. I learned that the hard way because I like to please everybody. And often I took that to heart. But that's fine. You are okay not to please everyone. But do what's best for your business. What's and how. Be aware of what you're happy to manage. So thank you for listening to today's episode on how to manage your special requests. I have a special request for you because I am looking for guests to come and join me on my podcast and feature on my blog as well. So if you don't already, go and read my blog. It talks a little bit more about some of these episodes in my podcast as well. But I am looking for people who have a cafe, have a bakery, have a home baking business or have their own business and just want to share what their experiences are like. It's really great to learn from other people. This is why I've created this podcast. So if you would like to be a special guest on my podcast and talk about your business, then do drop me an email, naomi at bakingboss.net because it'd be great to hear from you. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you have a great week and I'll be back again next week for another episode of Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets. And as ever, happy baking. Thank you for listening to Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets with Naomi Rose. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please do give it a review. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. If you want to get some useful resources, then do visit my website, bakingboss.net. 
and give me a follow on social media at Naomi Rose Baking Boss and I am Baking Boss. We'll see you on the next episode.